following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to Coastal. Uh, for those of you that haven't gotten me yet, I am Ryan. I'm a student pastor, youth pastor, whatever here, and uh, I just want to welcome you to National uh, Sunday After Christmas. Lead pastor takes the day off from preaching, so every youth pastor in the country will be preaching this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be an awesome day. Yep, got to have those every once in a while. Uh, but So being the student pastor, I work with all of the students here at Coastal uh, from 6th grade up until graduation, 12th grade. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of good times. And uh, I was actually talking to my wife, Gracie, the other day, just kind of about um, how it's going. You know, we've, we've been growing like crazy. We, it's funny, we have a really young group uh, in our youth group. Like, I was, I was talking to some other youth pastors as well, and, you know, it's funny how they spend their, their Mays and their Junes going to graduations and uh, graduation parties and all that fun stuff. And I was, I was talking to Gracie, and I was like, I, don't, I think I've done, like, one of those in the last couple of years. And, I mean, that's not because we got... Uh, a bunch of dropouts in our youth group or anything like that. You know, I mean, most of those kids are probably smarter than I am, but uh, we just have a young group, and, and it's pretty cool. But again, I haven't got to do all that graduation stuff, and so me and my wife started talking about our graduation. Uh, we actually both graduated the same high school in the same year. And so I was talking about our graduation and just how boring it was, right? How boring graduations are. Graduations are boring, right? And whenever fun graduations, I mean, they just don't exist, right? Fun graduations are just non-existent. And so we're talking about the speaker, you know, who got up and he was just so boring and it dragged on. And so that conversation led to our uh, college graduation because we both graduated the same high school. We both went to Clemson and graduated Clemson the same year, actually in the same major. Uh, so we were talking about our Clemson graduation. It was the same thing. It was just boring. It was so long. Even though the, the guy who was calling the names, he was going at like one of those auction year people, you know, who was just like, and names and kids are just walking. You, you don't hear a name at all. But it was still just so long and so boring. And so I began to think, how cool, you know, you see those videos on YouTube or Facebook uh, where they have like a celebrity commencement speecher, or commencement speak, speaker speech. And, uh, you know, everyone from seeing like Oprah or Will Ferrell or Tom Hanks, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling, Steve Carell, all these awesome people giving commencement speeches. And I was like, you know, that'd be, that'd be pretty fun, right? I mean, having one of those guys at your graduation would make it a whole lot more memorable. You know, and so I was, I was slipping through all these videos of commencement speeches, and I actually came across uh, one on, that Steve Jobs did. Right? Steve Jobs at Stanford in 2005, he gave their commencement speech. And uh, it was funny because he actually joked uh, he never graduated college. Right? That was, he actually said in his speech that that was the closest he'd ever come to a college graduation, was speaking at Stanford. And uh, it was just really cool, the stuff that he was saying. And there was one uh, spot that really stuck with me in his speech. And he started talking about his failures. Right? For those that have been living under a rock for a while, Steve Jobs was the founder of Apple, right? And so, I mean, just an awesome guy. And he started talking about all the different failures. And I was, I mean, this guy founded Apple. Could he really failed at too much? You know, and then so he went on his story about how he actually got fired from Apple. Right? The company that he started... Uh, he got fired, and it just basically, Apple had been his whole world up to this point. Right? Everything he did was surrounded with himself with his company and the people, and he just got fired from it. And so he was talking about how initially it just seemed like the end of the world. Right? He lost his company, he lost everything, and then something just clicked for him to where he realized that, that firing had basically opened up the door of possibilities for him. Right? He now had just an endless supply of things he could do or companies he could start, whatever he wanted to do, uh, that was now open to him. 
And it was just really cool how he talked about it. You know, so he got fired from Apple. Uh, he actually left and he went and founded Pixar, uh, which is, of course, now one of the most famous animation companies ever. And then he actually started a company called Next, which is a technology company. And funny enough, Apple actually came back, bought Next, bringing Steve Jobs back to Apple, right? And had a big deal about his return, and except this time he joked that he had a lot more money when he came back, right? Because he had found a Pixar and Next and all this stuff. And uh, it was just cool because he was saying, you know, uh, I got fired from Apple, but I was able to come back. But this time, you know, he talked about how he had met his wife during that time and started his family. Right? And he probably never would have been able to do all of those things without getting fired, right? If that opportunity hadn't come in that weird way. And there was one specific quote uh, from his speech that really I just thought was awesome. Uh, he says, it was awful tasting medicine, talking about his getting fired or his failures. He says, it was awful tasting medicine, but I guess the patient needed it. And then he said, sometimes life is going to hit you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. Right? Sometimes life is going to hit you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. I just thought that was really cool. And, you know, I was beginning to think about it. I mean, we're going to experience the exact same thing, right? I mean, maybe for some of you, 2017, that's all it was. I mean, just getting hit in the head with a brick every single day. You know, um, you know we had setbacks, uh, failures, heartbreaks, whatever it is. You know, maybe like Steve Jobs, you lost a job in 2017. Or you, know, you had to deal with sickness uh, and disease. That's always tough. Or, you know, maybe you even lost a loved one or, or two. You know, whatever it is, in 2017, it just seemed like an endless brick hitting you in the face. You know, but like Steve Jobs pointed out, you know, the hope for what's next can be found in our faith. We just have to not lose faith. And um, so, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been in this series called Grateful, and we've been, we spent time talking about all the things that we have to be grateful for, right? We've got tons of things. Um, and then even in the first week of the series, when I, I got to open up the, the series for us, we talked about how uh, it's a heart issue. Being grateful is a heart issue, right? It starts with your attitude and your perspective, and then you take it further and you have to let that attitude and perspective kind of translate into your everyday life and your actions, Right? I mean, you can't have the faith without the works. You know, it has to translate. It's just to start with your heart and then just permeate out into your everyday actions. That's what being grateful is all about. And then I think I was thinking about it more with this being the end of 2017. I mean, we, our attitude always changes so much from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, right? Our whole perspective seems to change. And honestly, I don't think that's how it should work, right? We really should start the beginning of the year and the end of the year the same way. You know, I'm sure at the beginning of 2017, uh, you'll have the same, this same attitude that you probably have about 2018, right? 2018 is going to be way better than 2017 was. You know, all the good stuff that we wanted to happen in 2017 that didn't happen, that's going to happen for us in 2018, right? I mean, just all these big things are going to happen. You know, I'm going to get that relationship, uh, going to get that job, go on that trip, get that house, get that car, uh, reach that financial goal, whatever it may be. And, you know, don't get me wrong, it's, it's good to set goals, right? I mean, we need something to work towards, right? It's good to have tangible, physical goals to work towards throughout our year. But that shouldn't be our focus when it's concerning what's next, right? What's next for us, Because right? if you think about it, if you grow in your gifts, but you haven't grown in your gratitude, what have you really gained in the long run? Right? If you grow in your material possessions, but your heart isn't right, what have you really gained? You know, you think about if God gave you all of the things 
that you want. So if you made a list of all the things you want in 2018, and God just said, okay, here you go on January 1, but your heart isn't right, you know, are, you, are you really going to be happy? You know, because it's, it's happy people aren't the ones who have the best of everything. You know, they're the ones who make the best out of what they have. Right? And that's part of being grateful. And so Moses actually pointed this out uh, when he was talking to his own people, like the Israelites. Right? This was kind of his uh, commencement speech, his, his Steve Jobs speech about the future. And he was talking to them about what would come next, right? about their future, their possibilities, their hope of what was to come, um, and even how they should respond in that situation when they finally did reach what was next. You know, and, in, and in this speech, he's really showing us both the why and the how of being grateful for what's to come, you know, being grateful for a hope, uh, for our possibilities, for our future, you know, whatever it is, being grateful and thankful for what's next. You know, and so the first question when we get into this topic is, we have to answer the question of what is next, right? What is our hope? What is this future that God has promised us? What do we have to be grateful for when it comes to our next step? And so for Moses, and more specifically the Israelites, it was the promised land, Right? And for us, it's really the same thing. Our promised land, our what's next, is simply an eternity, uh, an eternity of peace. Right? An eternity in heaven with God. Right? Where there's no more pain, no more heartaches, no more troubles, sorrows, setbacks, difficulties, uh, no more anxieties, no more worries, no more depression, sickness, disease, uh, no more racism or hunger, poverty, no more problems. Sounds pretty good, right? I mean, that's what's next for us. That's our hope and our future in Christ. And it's an eternity in perfection, an eternity of peace with Christ. And so as we go throughout this topic, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to kind of interchange these words, you know, the hope, the future, the possibilities, what's next. It's all kind of the same thing in this topic. It's the what's next for us and what we have to be grateful for. You know, God's, God's promise and God's planned future for us. And so uh, in order to kind of break this down, examine this, uh, we're going to look at that, that Moses' speech in Deuteronomy. It's actually Deuteronomy 8, starting with verse 6. And so to kind of set the stage for you again, this is Moses. He's addressing the Israelites. And at this time, uh, they're kind of wandering around looking for the promised land, right? And Moses knows that he's not going to make it into the promised land, uh, but he is tasked with uh, getting his people there and then kind of explaining what's going to happen for them when they get there, both what's going to happen and kind of how they should act. And so uh, the passage reads, just kind of follow along with me, I'm going to read through it, and then we'll come back and break it down. But it starts in uh, chapter 8, verse 6, Deuteronomy, it says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your, heart, or when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have 
is multiplied. Then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you man to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. I mean, that's, that's some pretty cool stuff right there. You know, he's talking about all of what's to come for his people. And so he's not only showing them what is to come, but actually instructing them on how they should act when they get there. Right? He's giving them a blueprint, like a biblical blueprint on how to act uh, when, they get that every, when they get everything that God has planned for them. And what's cool is that we can use the same blueprint in our own lives. Right, so starting back off in verse 6, it says, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. I mean, that's a common first step, right? right? Obey the commands of God. I mean, not always an easy step, right? I mean, I think we've all found that out. It's not always easy to listen to everything God tells us to do, but it's something that we all know that we're supposed to do. Right? But then he gets into the good stuff. He says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs, gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Right, and I mean, now picture this. So these Israelites, they had been wandering the desert, right, the desert, for all this time looking for the promised land. You know, it's dry, uh, it's hot, they're tired, they're thirsty, they're hungry. And Moses starts talking about brooks and streams, you know, uh, wheat and barley, figs, pomegranates, oil, honey, whatever, you know, all this stuff that they want. It's an endless supply of all these things that they want. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but actually reading that, that sounds pretty horrible to me. You know, I don't want a bunch of uh, wheat and barley and pomegranates. That sounds kind of bad. But, you know, when I read it, it's all contextual, right? When I read it, I hear that uh, it's a land with perfect 72-degree weather all the time, you know, no humidity. Uh, it's a land with no traffic, right? It's a land where there's free Chick-fil-A and Jersey Mike's on every corner, Right? And you don't get fat when you eat it? Because, I mean, that's, that's, what I, that's what I picture. It's all contextual. You know, it's everything they want. It's their heaven on earth, basically. All the great things that they want that they have to look forward to, Moses is telling them about. But, I mean, that's their hope. That's their possibilities, their future. Right? But this next part, this is where we get into what we have to do. Right? This is where uh, our question of how to be hopeful for what's next really gets answered. Moses says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Right? Moses makes it known that not only do we have to recognize everything that we're given, but recognize where it comes from. Right? Recognize that everything we have comes from God. And so that first step in how to be hopeful, how to be grateful for what's to come, is to simply count your blessings. Right? Count your blessings. Uh, simply realize that all you have been given, you know, yeah, maybe... For you, 2017 was, was pretty rough. You know, I mean, maybe you dealt with more pain and heartache in the past year than you ever thought possible. Yeah, but here's, here's the good news. Here's, I mean, here's one reason to be grateful. You survived it, right? You made it through 2017. You know, that's, that's a simple reason to be grateful right there. And maybe for some people, you know, you still have your health. 
You know, maybe you still have your job or your relationship, your family. You still have whatever it is, you know? You still have a reason to be grateful. You know, and even if you don't have all of that, again, you survived. God got you through it. Right? That's a reason we have enough to be grateful. You know, you see, in order to be grateful, we kind of have to look back in order to look forward. Right? We have to look back and connect the dots and see what truly happened to us to get us to where we are now. And then that helps us realize that we went through all those things for a reason. Right? To teach us a lesson or get us to a certain spot in our lives uh, where we are now and that God can, can kind of propel us further uh, into our future. If you look at Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Genesis 50.20 kind of says the same thing. It says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I mean, guys, God specializes in turning the bad into the good. Right, that's, that's his specialty. You know, Max Lucado, and he's an awesome pastor and writer, he once said that in God's hands, intended evil becomes eventual good. Now, even if we don't see it at the time, the evil that we think we're going through, God will turn it into eventual good. I mean, he has a plan for every single one of our lives. Right? And it's not just a plan for survival. You know, even if that's how 2017 just felt to you, just survival mode. That's not his plan. His plan is for prosperity, uh, happiness, and success. Right? And so the first step for recognizing this and being hopeful for what is to come is to count those blessings that we do have. Right? To kind of look back in order to look forward. And really, I mean, the second step kind of goes right along with the first. Right? The second step for how to be grateful for our future, you know, how to be hopeful for what's to come is to then turn those blessings back into praise. Once we recognize what we have, we turn those blessings into praise. And for those of you who do remember uh, the first week of the Grateful uh, series, when I was kind of talking, it's really one of the same points, that turning your blessings back into praise, I think that's actually one I used in that first week as well, but, but that's just how important it is. You know, it means nothing if we just, we have all these blessings and we just say, that's, that's cool, I got, these, I got these things from God. It means nothing if we don't turn those blessings back into praise. You know, uh, and actually, I mean, you can do this on your, on your little outline there, uh, which is, um, I'm not going to say that I messed up, but uh, your outline's actually on cardstock this week. Instead of just a little flimsy paper, I'm going to say I did it on purpose. That's so you can write down a couple things that you're thankful for, and you can keep it for the rest of the year, right? So that's, that's what I intended when it, I printed it on cardstock instead of regular paper. So just, but seriously, take a second. You, I mean, it can be anything, Right? Any couple of things that you're thankful for that happened in 2017, just go ahead and write those down. It could be one word, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's your simple, as simple as maybe your kids uh, found a relationship with Christ. Or, you know, even maybe you just got a date with that person that you've been talking to for the last couple months. You know, whatever it is, just go ahead and write those down and just count your blessings. Right? Recognize the things, even if it's the small things that happened this past year. And so, once you've got this written down, the next step is to then thank God for them. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty simple process. You know, you realize what you have, and you thank the person you got them from. Right? I mean, Moses actually gave us a warning for what could happen if we didn't do that. If we didn't not only count our blessings, but then praise God for them. 
uh, back in, starting back in first, uh, verse 10. He says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. And then here it is. He says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I am giving you this day. So he's saying, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Be careful that you don't forget to thank God for everything that he's done for you. And then verse 12 says, otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You know, I mean, you think about who gave you that job that allowed you to provide for your family this past year. You know, who healed uh, that loved one from the sickness or the disease that you thought was, uh, was, not, was incurable or whatever it is. You know, who surrounded you with people this past year that got you through all these tough times? You know, that built you up and were your, your source of comfort and security. You know, we have to remember that everything we have, every good thing that we have comes from God. You know, I mean, we have to realize that so that we can experience the possibilities, right? We have to do these things in order to get what's next. All this, this, the future plans that he has for us only come through recognizing what he has given us. And, you, I mean, all these blessings, when we turn them into praise, it's honoring God, right? Because you have to realize it's not about accumulation. It's not about accum- accumulating stuff. It's about appreciation, right? It's not about accumulation. It's about appreciation. You know, being appreciative, by being appreciative, we allow God's plan to work, right? By being appreciative, we allow God's amazing plan for our lives to take shape and therefore proceed in giving us our hope for what's to come. Right, you know, one thing I was, I think is really funny, I was, I was kind of thinking about with this holiday season, our holiday season, right, we have Thanksgiving that kind of kicks off the holiday season, right? And what is Thanksgiving? You know, it's a time to, to be with family, a time to count your blessings, uh, a time to be grateful for everything that you have, right? That's, that's Thanksgiving. It's an awesome time with family and friends, a time to just be happy, be grateful, and enjoy everyone around you. You know, even if it doesn't always work out like that, uh, with a lot of our families, it doesn't always, uh, but it's still awesome. The idea of it is still awesome. But then what happens the next day? Anybody? Next day. Black Friday. I mean, even just the name in itself, right? Black Friday. I mean, so what happens on, on Black Friday? You know, our focus magically shifts from being thankful and grateful for what we have to all of a sudden what we need, what we want, right? Now, I remember uh, when I was a kid, uh, I'm sure some of you did this. I hope I wasn't the only one. You know, but what we did was we would always get the sales paper or like the catalogs of the sales that were coming on Black Friday. And me and my brother, we would just sit there and like go through and just circle things, right? Didn't even know what they were. Just, I want that, and I want that, and I want that. Like even if it was on Thanksgiving Day, we would just go through and circle things and say, I want this, and I, I need this one. I don't even know what it is, but I need it. And I want this one. You know, that's, it's funny how that, that works for us, right? I mean, on a time that's designed to be thankful, the holiday season as a whole, to be thankful and grateful, we insert a day that's all about what we want and what we need. You know, I mean, honestly, I don't even know if it's gotten much better for me, right? I'll still look at those sales papers and say, you you know, I have a 50-inch TV, but there's a 55-inch TV right there. You know, maybe I want that one, so I'm just going to circle that one and I'll pass it over to Gracie. You know, I, I, no lie, I think I actually, 
Gracie's asking what I want for Christmas, and I couldn't decide. And so I think at one point I actually got a sales paper, and I, I circled something, and I actually taped it to the door as I left that morning just so she could see it on her way out. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm perfect, you know, because we all do things. Uh, but it's funny how we turn our focus into accumulation real quick, right? We get over that appreciation thing in like half a day, right? And then it's all about our accumulation. And Moses calls us to switch that way of thinking around, right? To reverse it. You know, in order to have a hope, in order to be hopeful for what's next, uh, we have to be appreciative of what we have. You know, we have to thank the one who gave it to us. I mean, imagine if God acted the way, the same way that we act, right? Just imagine this. Imagine if God required our appreciation in order to bless us, right? I mean, imagine if God acted like uh, the electricity company, right? Imagine that he required your appreciation every month in order for you to get blessed. I mean, because the electricity company does that, right? They send you that invitation for appreciation every month in the mail, right? with a little dollar amount by it, and says, we require this much appreciation this month so that we can bless you next month, right? Imagine if God was like that. He's like, oh, you know, you were a little short on your appreciation this month, so I'm gonna have to cut you off on certain things, or, you know, you didn't appreciate me as much this month, so I'm gonna have to take your job away from you. You know, I'm gonna have to give a, a sickness to somebody that you love because you just, you didn't appreciate it enough, right? Imagine if God worked like that, you know? Imagine he said, I couldn't heal your loved one because you didn't appreciate me this much this month. Right? If he worked like that, we would have no hope. Right? We'd have no future, no possibilities. We'd just be stuck in our own whatever. You know, we would just, we'd be stuck. You know, but that's not how God works. Right? God provides through his grace and his love a future, a hope, because he doesn't balance, he doesn't do the whole balance thing with us where it takes this much appreciation to get this much accumulation. It doesn't work like that with God because he loves us that much. Right, so in order to be grateful for, those, uh, for the hope that God provides for our future, uh, we've got to count our blessings. Uh, we've got to turn those blessings into praise. Right? First two things we've got to do. And so we can, we'll finish up this passage of Deuteronomy real quick. Uh, Moses says, He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You, know, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms, confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Right? It's pretty simple. God, God did it all. God gave it all for you. And so now we have to give it all back to him. Right? We have to give everything back to him in order to be grateful for a future. That's our third step there. Give everything back to him. Right? He gives us all these blessings and we count them and we say, thanks God, you know, thanks for all these blessings, and then, then what? We just sit there and twiddle our thumbs? I mean, what happens next? And God says that we're supposed to give it all back to him so that he can continue to bless us. I mean, let me explain. I think there's two real types of gratitude. Right? I think there's the gratitude that we've been talking about kind of this, this whole series. There's the gratitude where we thank God for what he has done. Right? That's the simple kind of gratitude. That's the easy one to do, right? And we saw it in the passage 
with the Israelites. You know, they're to thank God because they got the land with the brooks and the streams and the, the valleys and the hills and the wheat and the barley and all that nasty stuff that they love. You know, the land where bread was not scarce. That, that's easy to be thankful for, right? God says you're going to get this and you'd be thankful for it. Right? They're supposed to thank God for everything that he has done for them, and we are too. Right? I mean, we're supposed to thank God for the job that we have, the family we have, our health, all these things, the opportunities, the gifts. We're supposed to express gratitude for those. And I think it's easier, I mean, gratitude's never easy, but I think it's easier to be grateful when there's things that you can see. Right? You have this, and I'm going to be grateful for that. But there's another type of gratitude as well. It's a gratitude based on faith, right? It's the time where you thank God for everything that he will do. And I think that one's a little tougher. And I think it's really, or not easy, but it's, it's easier to thank God when you see the results in front of you, right? You got that job and you thank God for that job. But what if you thank God before you got that job? You say, God, I know you're gonna provide for me no matter what, so I wanna thank you for that. Even if you didn't get the job, I think that type of gratitude is a little tougher. You know, we have to, when we thank God, uh, basically going behind the scenes, you know, and turning all that intended evil into good for us. You know, because most of the time, I feel like we're not, we're not going to see it. You know, we're not going to see God working in our lives because he's working behind the scenes, right? Imagine if God wasn't there to protect you and all these things that he turns into good that was intended evil, all that evil actually hit us. You know, I bet our lives would be way different. You know, and so how do we show that gratitude, right? I mean, we give it all to him. We live every day in him, for him, uh, in his word, right? It's simple. We live for God. We strive to, in every single thing we do, uh, to give him praise, right? To do everything for his glory. You know, and then all those blessings that we, we've recognized, we've recognized that they come from him, you know, we give it back to him. You know, our time, our money, our resources, all of it. You know, we take what we have and we give it back to him and his mission, right? And truly thanking him uh, and being grateful for what's to come. You know, we give everything that we have for our future, right? I mean, when you think about it, he's, he's providing for us this whole time. He's providing for us in this life so that he can even provide a future for us uh, in what's to come. You know, in, in this, we go beyond just thinking about ourselves, you know, and the things around us that we had to be grateful for, you know, in giving it all back to him, we begin to look at the bigger picture, right? I mean, we see how there's an eternity for everyone at stake. It's not just our own eternity. It's not just our own future. It's the future of everyone that's at stake. You know, we have an eternity of perfection, an eternity of peace to look forward to because of him. And our way to be grateful is to help everyone else to get there. Right, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, we have to realize that this, this is not just a future and a hope for us. It's everyone. Right? God doesn't want a single person on this earth to miss out on the future that he has planned for everyone. You know, because what's going to happen, there's going to come a day you know, when everything we know comes to an end, and this future that God has promised us will come to uh, fruition. Right? Everything that we know on this earth will be gone, and it's all about our future that we have planned with God. Now listen to this. It's First Thessalonians 
5. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. And what you have to realize uh, coming from that, that, uh, that passage there is that we have a future, and it's not just a future, but it's the greatest future possible. Right? It's the greatest future that anyone could ever imagine. We're promised an eternity in heaven with God. All we have to do is recognize who's getting us there, who's giving it to us, and then thank him for it. And then once we've done that, we give everything back to him. And it's this process that results in as many people as possible coming to know Christ uh, and to know uh, his, his plans for them, the plans of eternity and peace. And when we do that, you know, when we begin to give it all back, when we begin to tell others about him, when we begin to uh, encourage one another and build each other up, you know, we become part of this team, God's team. Right? And we, we, join, we join forces with all the other churches, with everyone, every Christ believer, in saving the world one life at a time. You know, and that's, that's exactly what we're doing here at Coastal. Right? That's our mission here. You know, uh, Pastor Chris says it all the time, that the best is yet to come here at Coastal. And I just think about it. You know, this past year, we, we set a goal of seeing uh, 52 people's lives forever changed by accepting Christ. You know, and we, and we blew past that this year. And so next year, we set a goal of 100 people making the decision to follow Christ and then 100 people getting baptized uh, as a reflection of that decision. Right? And I believe that we'll even exceed that. And then who knows what's next, right? Who knows exactly what God has planned for Coastal? But I believe that he will continue uh, to grow this church, you know, that he will continue to save lives through our ministry here, you know, through each person here. I mean, I've seen it personally not only in the, in the church as a whole, but even in the ministry that I'm part of the most, the student ministry. Right? I mean, it's, obviously, it's obvious that God is working through this ministry uh, because of y'all. I mean, maybe you don't know it, but students don't give a whole lot of, a lot of offering on a Wednesday night. You know? If we relied on students, we would be sunk. Right? Pretty simple. Right? But I mean, I mean, just in my time here, we've gone from 20 students to now we're taking over 70 kids to, on a trip uh, to Pigeon Forge for a couple of days of worship and, and conference and message. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. And we're only able to do that stuff. We're only able to go from 20 to 70-something in a short time reaching kids for Christ because of everybody here, right? Of, of, of everyone here giving, giving their resources back to God. I mean, that's how, we, that's how we make a difference. You know, and all the other things we're doing, too. I mean, every Monday morning we have a staff meeting. Uh, we talk about, like, contact work throughout the week, stuff people we talk to, and Pastor Chris is always coming in talking about the teachers over at Oakland. 
you know, and how all these different teachers and their family members even are like coming to know Christ and coming to church and all these things just from our ministry over there. I mean, Pastor Chris was showing those uh, pictures of the t-shirts uh, over Christmas and even simple stuff like that can cause people to want to know like who did it and it's coastal, so come here and check it out. And the next thing you know, they're, they're hearing about Christ, they're accepting Christ, and it's just a snowball effect from there. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's gonna, I believe it's going to keep going and keep going, right? I mean, I think more and more people are going to come to know Christ, and their future will be forever changed because of what we're doing here at Coastal, because we've all joined together as a part of God's team, and we're changing the world one life at a time. And I think the coolest thing about all this is that God's team isn't made up of perfect people. I mean, we all know that. God's team is made up of people in all different stages of their faith. I mean, maybe for some of you today, you're already solidly living in God's plan for you. Right? I mean, maybe you're living every day, giving it all back to Him, doing everything you can uh, to praise God and glorify Him. Um, maybe for some of you, you're living for Him, uh, but your actions don't always you know, uh, reflect that. You know, maybe your next step is to be more faithful in your, in your giving to him, whether it's your time, you know, or your, just whatever resource you have. You know, whatever it is, you just need to be more faithful. That's your next step, is to be more faithful uh, to him. Maybe for some of you, you've, you've heard this message and you've kind of made the internal decision, you know, I want to follow Christ, I want to have this future, but you've never actually outwardly expressed that. You know, Pastor Chris was talking about our baptisms coming up this next year and the new baptistry we got. You know, maybe that's, that's your next step is to sign up to get baptized and outwardly express this decision so that you can formally, outwardly join God's team and, and start doing everything else. I mean, there's always a next step to take. You know, I mean, maybe for some of you, you know, you're here and you're hearing this message for the first time, or, or this is the first time that you're hearing it and actually listening to it and, and taking notice of it. You know, I, I just want you to know that this is the perfect time. There's no better time especially ending 2017, we always talking about starting a new year off right, you know, making resolutions, whatever it is. But what better time to make one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make, right? Kick off the new year right and join God's team. Maybe that's, that's your reason for being here today. You know, God wants you to know that he loves you. Right? He wants you to know that he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be a part of this team, you know, and join this amazing uh, future that he has plan for you. You know, so if that is you today, you know, I'll just, again, we just want you to know that you're, we're so glad that you're here and that you're, you're um, listening to this message. We just want you to know that God does have a future for you. Right? He has a plan for all of us. All we have to do is follow those, those couple simple steps, you know, count our blessings, realize they all come from him, and then just work towards giving it all back to him faithfully and consistently. Right? And so if that is you this morning, you know, uh, you are here kind of for the first time or you, you're making that decision, uh, I just want to encourage you, I'm just going to say a prayer real quick, and I'll just pray this along with me. Father God, I, I just thank you uh, for the hope, you know, of a future that you've provided uh, for me, for all of us. Uh, you know, I thank you for the possibilities that you've set before me, uh, the plan that you have for my life, a plan not to harm me, but for me to prosper, a plan to give me a hope in the future. I thank you for all the blessing that you have, you know, put into my life. Uh, every good thing that you've given me, every situation, every opportunity uh, that you've afforded me. You know, I thank you for this past year. You know, everything that you made happen. Uh, God, I look forward to uh, what you have for store uh, for me in 2018. 
you know, and, and right here this morning, uh, I'm ready to live the life that you've called me to, right? the life that you want me to live. You know, I'm ready to take that next step. You know, for some, whatever it is for, for anybody, I'm ready to take that next step and pursue the future that you have planned for all of us. You know, I'm ready to accept uh, the gift of salvation and grace and love you know, that you were so willing to give us that you sent your one and only son to die uh, on the cross and you know, bridge that gap that we created. You know, I thank you for loving me. Uh, and for today on, God, uh, I just want to begin to live my life uh, you know, as you've planned. You know, counting all of my blessings, uh, turning them back into praise, and then giving all I have back to you. Oh God, thank you again uh, for all that you've done for me, for everyone here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.